or any device that you can read the Bible, will you turn or open, click to the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 6, if you will stand for the reading of the word of the Lord. When the word of the Lord is being read, it's like God's presence has come in the room, not that his presence isn't always in the room, but his word is now being read aloud and we give reverence to his word. That is our tradition. I tell you, when you go to court and the judge come in, they say, all rise. And that's what the honorable, honorable, honorable. Well, Jesus is more honorable than the honorable, honorable. So when we have to speak the word of the Lord aloud, we try to rise and give reverence to the word of God. So Hebrews chapter 6, we're going to start in verse number 1. We will read verse number 1, 2, and 3. The scripture says, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ. It says leaving. Pay attention a little bit here. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ. We should leave the principles of the doctrine of Christ. It says, let us. Go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from the dead works and of faith towards God, of the doctrine of baptism and of laying on of hands and of resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. And this will we do if God permit. Father, one more time we ask. That you will show yourself great and mighty among your people. Let them know how much you love them and how much you want to do great things in their life. I pray, Lord God, that somebody, somebody will look to you with great expectation right now of what you can do in their life right now. Lord Jesus, do a work, a quick work in this service before we leave this place today. Meet the need, exceed the need of each and every one of us, Lord God. Whatever is stopping us, hindering us, preventing us, Lord God, from going to the next level in you, from being responsive in obedience to your instruction. Lord, let nothing hinder us today, but do a quick work. Oh right work. Let there be a divine shift that will take place in our soul, in our spirit, and even in this service. I pray, Lord God, that miracles, signs, and wonders will be done today. We ask you these things in Jesus' name. Somebody say, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. Thank you for going along in our reading this morning. I want to entitle this message today, Let Us Go On Unto Perfection. Let us go on unto perfection. One of the most difficult things to do is to change what has become a habit in our life. Depending on who you read, they will tell you it takes 14 or 21 days to form a habit. Once that habit is formed, it becomes very difficult to change. This is why sometimes we don't realize why commercials come on all the time. You're trying to watch some event on TV or you're listening on the radio and the the same commercial keeps coming on. You keep thinking, well, why don't they let something else come on? Well, the people that's paying for that ad know if you keep hearing it over and over. Ask Brother D., Flow from progressive is now in our mind. So if you don't have insurance and you need insurance, you will think of progressive at some point in time. Because flow has been on the set nonstop. So we know that if we hear things or we do things over and over, it becomes registered. It becomes central focus in our mind. And so when those things are true, the habit is very difficult to change. And so it is when we start attending church, learning about our Savior and actually applying the knowledge in our life, it becomes a habit to us. It becomes a habit to us if we do it consistently. And so sometimes we may just be in church because it's a habit. Touch, touch your neighbor and says, is it a habit to be in church? Yeah, ask your next neighbor, is it a habit to be in church? Huh? Huh? We kind of did that. Uh, 
if you come to church long enough, you will begin to change your previous habit to a habit of coming to church. (laughs) Now, I will say this to you also, that we must be careful, though, because if you start coming to church and it becomes a habit, that habit also must be broken. Now, we'll get into that a little bit, because if it's just a habit to come to church and that's all it is, then you'll start doing that. So you change from one habit to another habit, and it's just something that you do all the time. And so how do you break from coming, just coming to church to what God is wanting to do in your life? Now, I realize also one of the reasons why people don't want to come to church is because they have a habit that they're familiar with and that they like. And they know if they go to church 14 or 21 times straight, they will break their habit of being able to wake up late on a Sunday. Come on, talk to me. You know what we like to say? I worked hard all week. Saturday is my days to run my errands. And Sunday is my rest day. (laughs) Nobody wants to say amen to that? That's how we order our life. You know, that's a normal life that's being ordered. I work all week long. It doesn't matter what your schedule is, what hours you work. All you know is you worked all week long. And now, here's Saturday, let me run some errands, whether go to the grocery store or make sure some of my errands are taken care of. You know, maybe it's going to the bank. Banks are open now, you know, till 1, 2. On a Saturday, you get that done. Well, you probably do mobile banking. So, you know, you just do your errands. But Sunday, just leave me alone. For some of us, I just want to stay home and watch football. For some of us, I just want to lay in bed like today was a lay in bed day. You know, drink some porridge, eat some ackee and saltfish or whatever you like to eat. I'm just telling you what we like to eat. That's one of those kind of days. But if it's a habit, you will get up and come to church because it's been a habit coming to church. So habits, once they're established, very hard to change. Sometimes we have habits that We know we're really not good habits, but boy, we've been doing it for so long that it's hard to change. Some of us, not trying to step on your toes, just giving an example. You've been smoking for a long time. You know smoking gives you cancer, but it's a habit. I got it. I understand. Not even talking about it. I'm just pointing out how habits work. Because habits develop and we can recognize that they're not good for us, but we still go with them. So we got to be careful of habits. And so I say all that to say the text we just read, the writer of Hebrew was trying to teach us something. The author of the text was not calling for the people to abandon the principles of the doctrine of Christ. But... He was saying, refuse to limit your Christian experience to just the doctrine of Christ. Mm. There are some things that you have to grasp when you come to church. Now, my challenge a lot of times as a pastor is to minister to you, but there, all of us are usually in different places. It's different groups in here. It's one group of people, but we're all in different places. And for some of us, I have to talk about the baptism because you need to know about baptism. For some of us, I got to talk about you receiving the infilling of the Holy Ghost because you need to receive the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Uh, There's things that we got to talk about still because we have to all go the same way in God. There, there is nobody in here, me, you, or nobody, that can go a different way. God's way is only one way. And I love that about God because us as humans will always try to figure out what we may deem as the best way or the simplest way or the way that works best for you. But in God, no way works best for you. It's only God's way. And so all of us must go the way that God has set forth for us to go. And so if we are not baptized in His name... For the remission of our sins. We have to be 
baptized. If we have not received the infilling of the Holy Ghost, we need to be seeking God and say, God, I want your spirit living in me like the Bible teaches. And so we need to seek God for that. Whatever it is that we don't have for the basics, we need to seek God and get the basics. Here is what we don't want to do. If you have not achieved the basics, then you can't try to obtain the advance. You got to know where you are and just say, you know what, God, I need to make sure I get what's for me. I'm not worried about what sister so-and-so needs. I'm not worried about what brother so-and-so needs. I know what I need, and that's what I'm going to seek you for. And so if I'm new in the church, I need to find out how I get to heaven. I need to know about this born-again thing. Preacher, I appreciate you preaching about the high things in God, but I need to be saved before I need to worry about the laying of hands. I need to receive the Holy Ghost before I can worry about praying for a miracle. I need the basics. And so God, let me get the basics. And if you have received the basics and you're, you're growing in God, then you need to know about laying of the hands. You need to know about the resurrection if somebody can be dead and we can pray and they'll raise up. Then we can get into those things. But, but the, the, the writer of Hebrews is trying to let us know the things that you came in from the very beginning knowing and learning. After a while, you got to move on to something else. You can't stay where you came in. But what, what you have to do is say, God, are you finished with me learning the principles of the doctrine of baptism and the principles of the doctrine of receiving the Holy Ghost? If you have given me that, then God, I want to move on. Amen. Who wants to repeat the first grade? Who wants to repeat the second grade? Nobody wants to repeat any grade. You feel like if you do all your work and you pass all your finals and everything like that, you need to move on. I had the experience with my sister-in-law and with Sister Scarlett and uh, even Rosie doing her thing with they're going to nursing school. Can you imagine them passing the nursing exam and says, but I want to stay in nursing school. <laughs> they, they took the exam so they could move on. They didn't take the exam to just keep going to nursing school. And so when we come into the doors of the of the church of the living God, when we come in, we have to now bring into focus, God, where am I in you and what do I need in you? Because whatever I need, that's that's what I want from you. I don't know what anybody else needs, but I know what I need, God. And so I've come to call upon your name and seek you for what I need. Do you know what you need this morning? We, we talked about this week that the greatest miracle in our world, this natural, physical world, the greatest miracle is a child being born. Can somebody else tell me a greater miracle than that? Just checking. Is there anything greater than that? Okay, all right, we're on the same page. So the greatest miracle is a child being born. But what I said was, and what we need to know is, God allow us to know the spirit, know the physical, the natural, so we can know the spiritual. And so if the greatest miracle is somebody being born into this world, what should be the greatest spiritual miracle? Somebody being born again. God, God don't make it confusing. We might get confused because we're still trying to operate in our own thoughts and ways, but God is not confusing. If you will follow him, he will show you he's not confusing. So the greatest miracle in the spiritual is somebody being born again of the water and of the spirit. So, so while miracles seem impressive uh, to God, they're not that impressive Compared to someone being born again. So again, here we go. We have to reorganize our thinking that the greatest thing that can ever happen to me is me being born again of the warden of the spirit. If I've never given my life to God and maybe I have confessed with my mouth and believed in my heart, that's great. But that's just the start. Because once we confess and once we believe, now we need to repent of our sins and we need to be baptized, not in the titles Father, Son, Holy Ghost, but Get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And Jesus said, and he will give you the gift of the Holy Spirit. So he puts premium on that because nobody can have eternal life without that process. Amen. Amen. He's only got one way. He's, he doesn't have another way. 
And if you're looking for another way, uh, I'm sorry that, that, you know, he just doesn't have another way. He, he's purposing what he has done and, and making sure we're not confused. Yeah. I remember the scripture that we read not, probably not long ago, maybe last week or a couple of weeks ago, where, where the, the, the disciples or just the people of God says, well, I am of Apollos. And the other one said, well, I am of Paul. And so they're just trying to big up the person that's in their life that's teaching them about Christ. And, and, and then, then it says one water and one plant, but God give the increase. So what we're trying to say is it doesn't matter what we try to come up with or who we're connected to. At the end of the day, it is God that will do what needs to be done. It's nobody else. So God has only got one way. One way. Somebody say one way. Mm-hmm. If you if you if you read if if you read uh, Ephesians, it talks about you know one God, one Lord and Father of us all, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us all. One God is all about one. So to try to to don't get yourself frustrated with the Word of God because it's not working the way you want. Be smart enough to say, you know what? If the Word of God worked the way I want, it won't work. <laughs> uh, did I say that right? If the word of God worked the way I want it to work, it won't work. It has to work the way God said it will work. That's what it will work. So uh, no need for me to get offended if the word of God is not working the way I want it to work. Because you know what? I need to do it the way God says. Because when I do it the way God says, that's when it works. If I want something to work, I need to do it the way God says. Sometimes we don't realize we're fighting ourselves. Because we're trying to do it our way instead of God's way. And when it's not working, when we do it our way, we get frustrated. It gives us attitude. And so then we start getting attitude with the people around us that love us, that we care about. We're getting attitudes with them. But all it comes down to is you're trying to do God's work your way and it's not working. And you're getting frustrated with everybody. Don't get frustrated with everybody else because you're not obeying God the way you need to. Mm, Help us, Jesus. Huh. Let us go on to perfection. Mm-hmm. We need to go on to perfection. The habits and lifestyle we have formed that we become comfortable with must be changed if we are to go on to perfection. Now, God said we can go on to perfection. This is going to be a challenge for us today. But God said we can go on to perfection. When God created the first man, he created him, somebody say perfect. He did. The first man was created perfect. And because that first man messed up perfection, it doesn't mean God don't expect us to still be perfect. <laughs> because the first man messed up perfection, it doesn't mean God got to change and says, okay, forget it. Since you messed up, no, nobody needs to be perfect anymore. Just forget it. You, you messed up. No, that's how we do. But God doesn't do things that way. If God created us to be perfect, then he expects us to be perfect. And it didn't change when Adam messed up in the garden. It didn't change God's purpose and God, what God created us to be. That, that didn't change when Adam messed up. He said, I've still got a way for you to be perfect just because you didn't keep the perfection status that you were in when I created you and put you in the garden. It doesn't mean that I don't expect you to be perfect still. And so today I'm telling you, God is calling us to perfection. Don't worry. I'll, I'll help you out. Just ride with me and don't let your brain get stuck in. Preacher, you crazy about perfection. Just ride with me a little bit. I'm teaching you the Word of God. And you'll get, you'll get the clear understanding when we get done. Just ride with me a little bit. <laughs> you know, it's tough what I'm talking about at this moment. When God created the first man, he did create him perfect. But the man corrupted his perfection. Today, we must still strive for perfection. Let me show you a scripture that tells you about perfection. Colossians chapter 1, verse 27 and 28 says, To whom... God would make known that is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom. Listen to this now. That we may present 
Every man, talking about human, every man, what? Perfect in Christ Jesus. So now you're going to have to really think about this now. So the Bible says we ought to be perfect in Christ Jesus. Don't try to wiggle out of it. Just stay right where you are. See, I'm teaching you something today. This, this is, I used to do this when I was younger in Christ. And that is, when you read something that just seems impossible, you just skip over that. I don't know about that. I'm just going to keep, let me read the next thing that, that I can identify with. Don't do that. Start digging. Our CSDI class taught us that. Uh, Brother Hodges talked about that, that when you read in the Bible a certain passage of scripture or a certain word that you feel like, no, that's not even making sense. He said, what you got to do is do a search on that word when it first appeared in the Bible. So you got to go and look at all of the references to that word so you can get an idea what it's really talking about and not just get frustrated and says, man, I don't know about that and skip over it. Because you're going to come to a lot of things in the Bible that you don't think makes sense or you don't think is fair or you don't think is right. And you can't skip over it because you still have to figure out what it means because God didn't put anything in this book that you need to ignore. So you still got to figure out what it is. And so he says that that, 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 that we may present every man, every human, perfect in Christ Jesus. Tell your neighbor, you need to be perfect. No, 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 don't play around with that. I know, I know y'all weary on that. I'm going to help you. Can you trust me for a minute? I'm going to help you with this. So ask and tell your neighbor, you need to be perfect. Yes. Mm-hmm. God's design for our life is that we are perfect. I know that sounds ridiculous to us, but our thoughts are not his thoughts. He knew what he was doing when he created us. He's not stuttering when he said that we must be perfect. He could not tell us to be perfect if we could not become perfect. <laughs> I know this is a challenge for us to grasp because we like to say, nobody's perfect. That's our. Oh, that's always our scapegoat. That, that's always how we get out of stuff when we make a mistake. Well, why you keep beating me in the head? Nobody perfect. <laughs> sure, you got to smirk like you say that sometimes. <laughs> I'm not even going to look over here. I'm not even going to look over there. Brother Darrell, I'm not even going to look over there. But she had that smirk like, ooh, because she must say that, you know, just from time to time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nobody perfect. I don't know why, what you think. How can we be perfect? We're not perfect. Uh-huh. I know nobody is perfect. Well, so we thought. Ephesians chapter 4. I don't have a long time to go. I'm almost there. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 says, And he gave some apostles and some prophets. And some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Verse 12. Can somebody read that for me? Oh, don't go any further. What it says? Are you a saint? What does the Bible say? <laughs> How are we going to reconcile that this morning? We read two passages of scripture that says we got to be perfect. So no longer can we run away from, I'm not perfect, and you sure enough ain't perfect. So stop acting like you're perfect and you want me to be perfect. How do we reconcile perfection? Because God says that we are supposed to be perfect. You see, that which was done away with, the way our things worked out in the garden, God didn't say, okay, since it got messed up, you don't have to worry about it anymore, you don't have to be perfect. No, he still expected us to be perfect. He just created the way for us to be perfect, and so we need to seek perfection. Amen. And so here we go in closing. You don't think I'm closing there? Watch this. What is perfection that God is talking about? Perfection is to be without flaw or error. I got flaw and error just like you do, preacher. What are you talking about? Perfection is a state of completion or fulfillment. 
God's perfection means that he is complete in himself. He lacks nothing. He has no flaws. He is perfect in all the characteristics of his nature. That ain't none of us. Mm -hmm. Anybody ever hear this quote in the scripture? Our righteousness is as filthy rags. You ever heard that? Uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. So, we're imperfect and our righteousness is as filthy rags. So, we're not righteous and we're not perfect. But God says we need to be perfect. How does that work? And God said we need to be righteous. How does that work? He's telling us to be righteous. He's telling us to be perfect. But we're unrighteous and we're imperfect. I love the Lord. God is so good. Therefore, the only way we can be perfect is when, just like righteous, just like righteousness, the only way we can ever be perfect is when we abide in Christ. And perfection is this. It's when we become complete. In him. Let me go on to tell you what God is seeking after for all of us in here today is that the design that he has for you and I, the way he created us to, to, to be and, and what to accomplish in him, that is what is considered perfection. It's Considered perfection, but in actuality, we can look at it as completion. So if you want to not be so worried, just exchange that word perfection and replace it with completion. So perfection for us in God is to be complete in God. What does completion in God means? It means that what God designed my life for, what my life was designed to accomplish, when I begin to accomplish those things, that is what makes me perfect. That is what makes me complete. And what makes you perfect and makes you complete. So I'm saying to you today, God says you can be perfect. God says you can be complete. But the way you have to do it is you have to abide in God and let everything that you are all created for, God will make it come out of you. If God created you to be a preacher, let preaching come out of you. If God created you to be a missionary and go overseas, let it come out of you. If God created you to love people unconditionally, that's all of us, let it come out of you. If God created you to lift this name on high, to be a praiser, a worshiper, then let it come out. All these things is what make us complete in Christ. This is why we can't just take off. What do I mean by that? We come to church and we just go through the motion. We come to church and we don't worship God with enthusiasm. Because all this stuff is what's going to just just propel you into your perfection. Uh, all of the things that, 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 that we take for granted. Uh, uh, we come to church and even giving in the offering, giving tithes and offering. Uh, it's part of what's going to make you complete in Christ. Uh, he's not telling you you, you, you you have to be sinless. He's not. That's not even what completion is all about. Every one of us who have sinned will sin again. Uh, completion is not about sinning. Completion is being whole. Is being complete in Christ. Uh, what were you created for in Christ because when that is complete when you're beginning to do what Christ called you to do created you to do that's when you become complete you are a part of his body and whatever you are supposed to be doing in the body that's what you need to do and when you do it baby you become complete in Christ none of us are perfect yet but we're striving for perfection Perfection is attainable. So now you understand. 
what the Bible is asking us for when the Bible says we need to be perfect. Let's go on to perfection. We're supposed to be perfect. It's that God designed us to do something. God designed us to be something in him. God designed us as a special part of the body and said this is who you are. And so you will be complete when you begin to function as who you are. Uh, If God called you to play an instrument and you begin to do it, you're on your way to completion. There might be some other things that's involved, but you got to know the things that God called you to do. For instance, I'm telling you today, there are some things that's in us that God has put into us and we've been doing them, but we haven't been doing them for God. All of us. Here's a tough one. Let me go the long way real quick and mess with you. Is anybody in here, does anybody in here not have a friend? If you don't have a friend, put your hand up. I'm glad nobody's hand is up. <laughs> so everybody has a friend. Amen. Okay. What did it take for you to have a friend? Y'all probably talked on the phone, so you talked to them a little bit more than the average person. Probably went out to eat once or twice, a few times, yeah. Probably shared things, you know, that are private that you don't share with everybody else. They know how to pick you up when you're down. They kind of read your countenance better than some other people. And, and, and that's just kind of, there's an exchange. God created all of us, every last one of us. To reproduce ourselves in Christ. Mm -hmm. The same behavior it took to have a friend is the same behavior it will take to reproduce yourself in Christ. Let me step back a little bit and let you meditate on that a little bit. Because you might think that... uh, I can't reproduce myself. Part of being perfect in Christ is you have to reproduce yourself. You have to reproduce who you are. You have to be able to get in somebody's life and show them how it is to be a Christian, how it is to be a a disciple of Christ. You are responsible for that. Every one of us are responsible to reproduce ourselves. What we said yesterday before we prayed. When people get married, when it's done the right way. So let's not think about all the different ways we have done things. When you first get married, when you first get married, and you and your spouse get together, and y'all, some people like to have a good time. They don't, you know, want to just right away. Some people like, what do you do after a while? After you probably have a good time after you first get married, what's the next thing that normally follows after you get married? Children. Here we go again. That's the natural. What did God call the church? His bride. So we're married to Christ. So when we understand and we, you know, have that honeymoon phase and we have a good time in Christ, after that's over, what are we supposed to produce? Let me go back, go back over here real quick. He has called you to be perfect. And not perfect with no flaws. That's not what he's talking about. Not perfect that you don't make mistakes and sin. But perfect in the sense of you will be everything you're supposed to be for what he created you for. And so now the perspective on how we need to look at it is, am I complete in Christ? And if I'm not complete in Christ, what am I doing to be complete in Christ? Hmm. I almost want to take a question right now. Because your brain is working. Some is shaking their head like, I don't know about all that. Not what we bargained for when we decided to give our life to God. Listen to this. Let me help you make things a whole lot easier. Whether you're living for Christ or you're not, you're going to do the same thing. Okay. Let you think about it for a little bit. You can either live the way you need to live for Christ 
or live the way you're living for yourself. It's up to you. But you're going to live some way that is all you got to do is make it unto God or make it unto yourself. It's up to you. If you live unto yourself, you don't get eternal life. You don't get the blessings of God. But if you live for Christ, you get eternal life and you get the blessings of God. But you're going to live the same way pretty much. Amen. You got to eat. You got to drink. You got to go to work. All of that stuff got to happen. But now, instead of being mean, you be kind. Now, instead of listening to you know, crazy music, now you read your Bible. We're going to live the way we're going to live. We just got to realize that just live for Christ now. It doesn't make sense to worry about uh, you know, how you're going to live just because you're going to have to live. Remember I told you? I never forgot this. I can preach this every day. Because when God gives you a word, you never forget. Remember I told you? I don't know if it's a year, year and a half. When we started this church, I'm in the mirror getting dressed. And I said in my mind, Lord, I'm going to have to get dressed every Sunday and go preach. Every Sunday. I'm going to have to just wake up and just go get dressed. Go, go preach. And the Lord says, what's your alternative? I love the Lord. He's so funny. He got a sense of humor. He said to me back, okay, Wayne, what is your alternative? If you, if you feel like, you know, getting dressed every Sunday and going to preach is, 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 is some real astronomical task and it's going to be so challenging. I hear you, Wayne, but what is your alternative, Wayne? Amen. I just smiled. I said, okay. I didn't answer it. I, I just laughed at myself. I said, got it. Because what is my alternative? I'm going to have to live life anyway. It's not like, it's not like if I said, well, I'm done preaching, I'm not going back to that church. Okay. Then what am I going to do? I still have to live life. I still have to survive. I still have to make money. I still have to take care of my family. What else am I going to do? So no matter what, you have to do something. This is what I'm trying to tell you. That it just don't make good sense to not live for God. It don't make good sense to not give your life to God. It don't make good sense to not be complete and perfect in Christ. Because what else? What else? What else? You're going to have to do something anyway. Unless you are giving up on life. What else? Either you're going to give up on life and be done and say, I'm not going to eat, I'm not going to drink, I'm not leaving my house. They can put me out, whatever happens, and I'll just die. Unless that's what you're planning to do, it don't make sense not to live for Christ. Uh, I hope I'm helping somebody today. I want to help you today. I don't know how you're thinking about this message. I just know God really. I, when God gives you a word, it just, it just, everywhere you turn, the word is just in your face. Yesterday I was at the store and I met another preacher and we started talking and he starts saying stuff. I'm saying, that's what God told me to say. And I'm just like, man, God, you really want me to talk about this today, huh? God designed our life to be perfect. Tell your neighbor, God designed your life to be perfect. Yes, 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 yes. We have to make conscious decisions to go on to perfection, though. We can't just think that we're going to be perfect. We have to make conscious decisions to go on to perfection. It's time to get out of your routine. It's time to break the cycle and start a new cycle of 14 or 21 days of going on to perfection. What are you going to do? How do you move on to perfection? How do you become complete in Christ? It's time to break the cycle. You've done well coming to church. You've done well coming to Bible study. And many of us have done well. Well, coming to prayer meetings on Saturdays, uh, but I'm telling you, it's time uh, to end up the ante a little bit now and say, I need to go on to perfection. God is expecting me to be perfect. And so while I've done these routine things and these things that are basic and foundational, I thank God for them. But now it's time uh, to move on to the next thing. And if I have not yet complete the foundational things, uh, I need to complete those things. But at the end of the day, my eyes are on Jesus. Jesus, and my desire is to be perfect in Him because He created me to be perfect in Him. I'm closing. And this is a quick close. Philippians, last scripture. Chapter 3. This is the Apostle Paul talking now. 
chapter 3, verse 12 says. I have it. I have, um, I'm going to read it in the TLB version. TLB. Listen to it. I don't mean to say I am perfect. I haven't learned all I should even yet. But I keep working towards that day when I finally be all that Christ saved me for and wants me to be. That's heavy. Now, this is the Apostle Paul. This is the Apostle Paul. You know how we like to do with, you know, just how we are as human? Man, nobody like Paul. Paul, man, he wrote almost two thirds of the New Testament. Nobody like him. And this is what he is saying. He said this. I don't mean to say I'm perfect. I haven't learned all I should even yet. But I keep working towards that day when I finally be all that Christ saved me for and wants me to be. That's what the Apostle Paul said. We need to copy that and say that. I don't mean to say I'm perfect right now, but certainly I'm working as hard as I can because I have that on my mind because if my God says I am to be perfect, if my God says I'm supposed to be complete, then that's what I got to work towards. Verse 13 says, no, dear brothers, I am still not all I should be, but I am bringing all my energies to bear all uh, to bear on this one thing, forgetting the past. Remember we talked about last week, your past is the single most thing that prevents you from loving. All your hurts, all your pain, all of what you go through in your past, you're holding on to that. You're not letting go of that, and that's hindering you from moving forward. So in order to accomplish completion, in order to accomplish perfection in Christ, I'm going to have to forget about my past. I'm going to have to move past it. Can't let the past be in my present can't let the past be in my future. i got to bury the past that the past stays in the past. The Apostle Paul says, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Verse 14 says, I strain to reach the end of the race and receive the prize for which God is calling us up to heaven because of what Christ Jesus did for us. So because of what Christ did for us, we can be perfect. It's not about you don't make mistakes or don't sin. It's not about that you don't make errors. It's about you being everything Christ created you to be. That's perfection. When you are complete in him, whatever he had in mind when he designed your life, because every life that is walking this earth or have gone from this earth or will come to this earth, every life God has designed it specifically to be complete in him. Will you stand? Let's go on. On to perfection. Where you are today is not where God wants you to be forever. Where you are today, don't be satisfied. When God wants to take you someplace else, He's going to make you uncomfortable. But sometimes we're holding on to the past. We're holding on. To what we've become accustomed to. And God is trying to take us someplace else. But we're holding on. I probably can speak to this better than most. God gave me my job that I was working in 1996. Gave me that job. I know he did. And that job don't exist anymore. And you're saying, what in the world? But God giveth and God taketh. Now you know why he giveth and why he taketh. And he give for the time that you need. And then he take it for you to go on to the next time of your life. So you got to understand how God operates. And when God is ready to move you along, if you try to stay holding on, 
If you try to stay doing what you've always done, you're going to miss out on perfection. Don't become comfortable with where you are. I remember I was talking to my mom the other day. I said, she was asking me about my office. What did you do with your office and all that stuff? I said, I never had a whole lot of stuff, personal stuff in my office. Never had a whole lot of personal stuff because I'm always prepared for the next thing. I'm always prepared for the next place that God has taken me. And all of us need to get to that place where we're, we're preparing ourselves for what's next in God. But you have to do all what's necessary. I want you to take a moment before we dismiss and before we go where we're going. I want you to take a moment and I want you to pray. God has called you to perfection. And I've explained to you clearly what perfection means. And so now I want you to go to God in prayer and ask him to help you to complete perfection in you. I want you to take a moment and let God, talk to God and try to hear back from him today. God wants to do something in your life. Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we don't understand all of your ways. But we are at the place where we know you said your ways are not our ways. Your thoughts are not our thoughts. And so God, at this moment, we don't always understand what you're doing. But we do understand, Lord God, you expect perfection in our life. Lord, you're not expecting perfect perfection where we don't make errors or where we don't sin. But perfection to become who you designed our life to become. And I pray today, Lord God, that you will speak to hearts and minds today. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you will instruct us today in what we must do next for perfection. (laughs) Oh God, I pray that you will order our steps into perfection. Lord, I pray for each and every person that is here today that they will no longer be able to be content. Lord, Stir them, Lord God. Oh, trouble their minds and, oh God, make their situation uncomfortable so they realize that nothing is forever. Oh God, that our minds and our thoughts should always be on you. And you, oh God, are the one that will lead us into perfection. I pray, Lord God, that our focus, Lord God, will no longer be all over the place. But our focus will come in just on you, Lord God. Father, we need you today. And we need your instructions. We need your peace and your comfort. We need, Lord God, to know where we're going. But God, even if you don't see fit to tell us... Just guide us. Let thy word be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path, Lord God. Lord, the strongholds, the strongholds that, that's holding us captives in our life, Lord God. I pray that you will set the captives free today. Those that are bound by strongholds, I, I command the strongholds to loose them, Lord God, in the name of Jesus Christ. And I pray today, Lord God, somebody will receive, Lord God, the strength and the energy and the force to move forward and to say I will move forward I will move on unto perfection I pray today that somebody Lord God will move to the next stage of their life in you Lord God for Lord you have created us to be in you and not outside of you and so today I pray for those that are not in you that Lord God they will give their life to become oh God a part of you to be oh God a part of the church and so I pray that somebody today will surrender their life and say, Jesus, today I want to be baptized in the name of Jesus. Today I want to give my life to you, Lord God. Today I want to be what you want me to be. Whatever is the next phase, whatever is the next dimension,
intervention. Will you move us, dear Lord God? You can move us willingly or you can move us against our will. We're giving you the permission to go against our will because God, there are times where we're not smart enough to know it's you that's working. We blame the devil sometimes when it's you that's trying to stir the mess. When it's you that's trying to move us along. So I pray and I give you permission today, Lord God, to break every stronghold in our life that hinders us and stops us from moving into you and to see, oh God, who we are in you and to be complete in you, to fulfill perfection in our life in you. I pray today, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, that you will do a work in us, Lord God, that you will do a work in us, Lord God, and that today, Lord Jesus, we will move just in the spiritual realm. There will be a shift, Lord God, where we will move to where you want us to be. Jesus, have your way today. Jesus, move upon us today. Jesus, let somebody's heart be touched, Lord God, that somebody's heart will be open and receptive to what you're saying, to what you're doing. Let not this word, Lord God, go out and return unto you void, but let your word today accomplish that which you set it out to accomplish. And God, you want to accomplish perfection in us. You want to accomplish completion in us. And so I pray today that your will will be accomplished. Let your will be accomplished. Let your will be accomplished. Let your will be accomplished. Somebody tell them, let your will be accomplished in me, God. Let your will be accomplished in me, Lord. I want to be complete in you, Jesus. I want to be complete in you, Jesus. Will somebody tell him today, Jesus, I want to be complete in you. Will somebody tell him today, Jesus, I want to be perfect in you. I'm not afraid to say I want to be perfect because now I know what it is to be perfect in you. Now I know what it is to be complete in you. And so God, I touch and agree with you, Lord Jesus. Make me perfect. Make me complete. For I want your will to be done in my life. I want what you designed my life to be for it to be done. In the name of Jesus Christ, I thank you today for your word. I thank you for meeting us today. And I thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing in our lives. Oh, bless the Lord, oh, my soul, and all that is within me. Bless your holy name. Bless your holy name. Oh, somebody open up your mouth today and bless him. The Lord is good. His mercy everlasting and his truth endure to all generations. Will you clap your hands today and let out your voice and give the Lord a shout of praise. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Come on, a shout of praise! Come on, clap your hands and thank the Lord.